Thank you very much, Brother Bob. Good evening, friends. Brother Wilson, I didn't, uh, didn't know. Did you get that picture all right? If you want another one, will you go ahead? That's all right. I'm uh, only happy. This Brother Wilson, the first time I've seen him for some time, I wouldn't have recognized him anymore if Brother Bosworth hadn't called the attention. It reminds me of the days of Zion. We had real old-fashioned meeting in Zion once. I believe the brother here is a reporter for the several papers up there in Chicago and around Waukegan and around. Excuse me for not looking right at him. <laughs> God bless you, brother. Was there someone else I had said to her to say something who wanted to take this? Why? I'm as happy as you can. If the mic can stand, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, and during the time of the services, the reason they asked about the picture is not, see, the angel of the Lord is the light also. And I watch it where it goes, and sometimes it gets me mixed up. I believe a little lady here, and it gets me kind of mixed up of what I... Uh, that's usually you get you another one, come right back, that's all right. <laughs> of Christian friends. I say this with the sincerity of a human heart. This has been one of the smallest meetings I ever had for this much time. But yet it's been lovely every day. You've been very sweet and kind. You suffered with me. It's it kind of turned me loose and to speak, and you stuck right through it and suffered it out, and that takes a lot of patience, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm certainly sorry that we couldn't stay just about a week or two more so that we could really have the, the spell of the thing broken. And many times in speaking, I sometimes say things that maybe it sounds awful, like my trying to tear people to pieces. I don't mean to do that. I just, well, I, I just, I guess not very intelligent to begin with, and then when I just feel that something you want me to say, I just say it, and I just let it go like that. And so that's all I know to do. If I didn't, why, it choked me down, and then I couldn't say nothing else. So I, I just say as he says, and you just kind of put it together and pray over it, and God may show you what it was meant. Now, the last string is always on the outside of the house at my place. You know, Southerners know what that means. Come on in. God bless you. I've often said in meetings a long time ago when I first started that the night never got too dark. The rain never falls too hard, but what I would come to anybody that would call for me to come. Well, I, I want to say that in my heart now, but you can just about imagine what it would be around the world. See? Really, it's just a little service here was just advertised right here. I suppose, and I, if I'm stretching the, if tonight, God forgive me, I don't mean to, but I guess direct or indirect, Knowing around the world, I probably know or known of, went by around many million people. 
You can imagine now we have about eight offices that takes letters for interpretation and brings them in. You can just about imagine what that is. I got four phones I can answer at my home. And my sometimes they'll average a, right after a big meeting somewhere, uh, they'll average at least uh, right now or oh, 150 or 200 long distance a day emergency. Now that's making it low. Sometimes it runs way up more than that. But it'll practically average that. So it's, uh, it's pretty hard to say that you'd come anywhere when maybe when I get home there'll be a dozen airplane tickets playing there for people saying, the Lord said to me come over here and the Lord said to me come there. Well, I sure would like to go to every one of them. But I, I just can't be but just at one place at a time. So then usually I just take and lay him down and pray and ask our Lord what he wants me to do. And then I go just where he wants me to go, or try to. If I miss it sometimes, I don't mean to. And if I displease him, God knows in my heart I, I want him to forgive me before I even move from these tracks. And there might be a lot of things that I might do to say that you might think would be a little strange. But if I know the inside of my heart, as standing here tonight, maybe there'll be people here that we'll never meet no more. That's right. This many people, and elderly people, and so forth, and some sick people, that I know if I come back here a year from today, there's somebody out of this group will be gone. I may be that person. I don't know. You may be that. But there's one other somebody's going to be. And I must be deadly in earnest because this is our last meeting time on earth. I've got to meet up there with you. Then I've got to give an account of my life here on earth. And with the deepest of sincerity, uh, I try to be honest and faithful to Jesus Christ. And at that day that I'll have not regret, for I want my title read clear at that time. I prayed a long time ago, Lord, when I come down to the river, I don't want any trouble there that morning, because it's going to be gloomy and dark, and I'm sure if there's any trouble, I want to straighten it up right now, right here now. So when I come down there, there won't be any trouble. I'll have everything clear, and I can cross over. Heaven means much to me. Got loved ones there, Father. Loving friends of the thousands are on the other side. Buddies, a wife, darling little baby. Well, it just means a lot to me. And above all that, if I never see them, no more, I want to see Jesus. I want to see him. And if at that day, when I walk up to the gate and he looks down at me and says, William Branham, you wasn't faithful enough and you're not worthy, and I'm not going to let you come in. With the depths of my heart, I could say, yes, Lord, that's exactly the truth. I'm not worthy. And if he sends me to hell, and in hell there's such a thing as having love, I'll still love Jesus Christ. Because it's become a part of my life. It's become me. And I can't help it. There's something in here that makes me love him. And now, if I love him, there must be a genuine Christian love for you 
And if I haven't got that, then I don't love him. For how can I say I love him who we haven't seen and not love those who his disciples and his servants? I've made this statement maybe before here. But I've often thought, what would I do with a charger that had two drops of the literal blood of Christ in it? How would cherish it and walk close? But tonight, I've got more in his sight than his literal blood. I've got the purchase of his blood. Then I must do all that I can to help you. And in my heart, I want to do it. You've been very kind, just a little handful, expenses not too much. But they tell me all the expenses now is met. You gave a love offering to me, which from the depths of my soul I preach. I'm not worthy. It didn't do nothing for a love offering. Don't deserve it. But what I'll do with it, I've got three children to see. My clothes are mostly given to me. People send me clothes and so forth. And what I have left over out of just what I have to spend. And my expenses are very high. I send thousands and thousands of handkerchiefs around the world a week. And office expenses, and it all has to come right out of this meeting. But I've never let anyone beg for money. If they did, I found it out. Well, I didn't let them take money no more. Because I don't believe in that. I just believe and just tell the people, this is what we need at their meeting, and I'm here to do all I can to meet the expenses. And you all have... And I appreciate it. And how could I take your money, which many of you maybe to use for your little children of shoes and so forth and food for the table and spend it for something that wouldn't be right? God hold me responsible for that. And when I want to be a good steward. And I'll spend the money. I think the last love offering was 200 and something dollars. And I'll do the very best that I know how to spend your money that you've given me for the kingdom of God and everything that I know how. I trust it will be that way on that day when we meet up there. Now, some of you give us some oranges and some grapefruit. One brother sent us a box of shells and a little lamp and things to take home. Many little things like that. My boy told me someone gave him a little special offering or check a while ago, sent one, another fellow sent one in to make up the expenses. God seen every bit of that. He knows right where it. Many of you like to do it, you can't do it. God sees that just the same. He knows. And the usher, and to this, the police, not the police, but the sheriff, deputy sheriff, I was with him and another man the other day, and such a fine man. Ushers, to all of you, my, you've just been wonderful to me. We appreciate it. I'm saying this for Brother Bosworth and I and my son. The Brother Vale, Vale, and I met another Brother Height, one of the sponsors. And all of you, you were so kind. And some of you ministers who let your congregation come, maybe it wasn't cooperation because they never asked for it, I don't think. They just sent these two little churches. I come down here this week, probably this coming week, just right here in Birmingham, Alabama, with a guarantee of 15,000 people the first night to come. Angela's Temple's been calling, telegramming and everything, said, why, they couldn't even put the people around the place. Another great organization in there wanted to take the rose of the bowl there, the 
where they played football and put it in on television the time that I come down here. But I felt that God wanted me to come down here. See? That's where I come. I come down here to keep from going. Great crowd is going to attract me. What I want to know is what God wants me to do. If it's to preach to one person or one million, it's just the same. See? I wouldn't do any different. I do just the best that I could. And I feel then I'd be pleasing him. So God bless you. And now I want you to be sure that you get this just right. Now, for handkerchiefs, many of you are laying them here. I pray over handkerchiefs for the thousands. Now, if you did not get your handkerchief here, well, you send, you send and ask me for one, I'll send it to you. Now, I'm not saying that. There's so many radio programs and things today where they're just trying to get your address. Just so you can write in, God knows better than that. I don't. That's not it. I don't write back to people no more to answer them back. That's true. And I think that doing that, your own pastor needs every bit of support in your own church that you can give. See, it isn't that. We never ask people for one penny of money through the mail or nothing. We just send it all out free, and God takes care of every bit of it. And so you're always welcome. Sometimes they drop a little in the paper, a stamp or something, which costs, I think our stamps usually run around two to three hundred a week for stamps alone. That's the one office. One office. We have two offices in Canada, and we have one office in Mexico. We have office in Norway, Sweden, Finland, Germany, two in Africa. See, all those, every one of those, they send in, and people send to there, and then they translate it and send it here. And then out of here goes a handkerchief. Now, when you get the handkerchief, it may not be a full handkerchief, because those handkerchiefs cost 10, 15 cents a piece. I go out and get hundreds of yards of ribbon. Now, you'll find a little letter in there, a little farm letter, turned out by mimograph machines, or telling you what to do, how to confess your sins and what to do. Now, that's made up for the office, but every one of those handkerchiefs, little, I prayed over them. When I take them and go to myself and stand and pray and ask God, now if it was my child that was sick and I sent for a man that I had faith in to believe that he prayed a prayer of faith, I wouldn't want some office to make up a handkerchief and send it to me. I'd want him to do it. That's right. And then I've got to do to your child like I want you to do to my child. I have to do for your daddy like I want to do for my daddy, see, my mother. And so that's the way that's done. And you're welcome anytime. And now if there is times that I can be of a favor, I'll be glad to do it. And I'll always remember you until Jesus comes. Now pretty soon, if God willing, I'll be going into dark Africa and from there up into India, from India into Transjordan, from there over into Palestine, from Palestine into Luxembourg, Germany, Frankfurt, back over into London, England, way down in Africa, those dark continents, or which doctors would challenge you in a moment, come to the dozen, and when you have to produce what you're talking about. No fooling there. When man come along with witches and perform all kinds of signs and enchantments like that, you've got to know that God is stupid with Moses. You can curse that thing and throw it away and ride over the top of it. See? Now when the winds are blowing real hot and the deserts are going bad and perspiration is running down my face and witch doctors are challenging, millions are screaming, 
I'll be depending on Palm Beach, Florida to be having prayer for me at that time. God bless you. And I trust that we'll meet again, every one of us, in this life. But if not in this life, I want to make an appointment with you to meet you at the gate yonder, where we will enter in, where we'll never have any more prayer for the sick. We'll be in mortal land. This inside man will be taken out, and we'll be like the Lord Jesus. Until that time, God bless you is my prayer. I want to pray for these handkerchiefs for forgiveness. Now, Heavenly Father, these handkerchiefs here in these letters represent poor, sick, suffering humanity. Thou knowest every one of them, and I pray that you bless them. I just hold my arms across them, Father. Thou seest all things. We're so happy to know that people have confidence in your service to stand for these handkerchiefs. And we have confidence that you'll answer prayer. And with all trueness of faith, all we can have, we ask that you'll bless every one of them. And may the people be healed. As we, your people, ask this blessing in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Several I didn't mention calling your name, Brother Dale, and Angel. This pianist here, too, I want to thank her for her kindness and what she's been very nice. And to every one of you, just been extremely kind and nice to me. If I miss somebody, it's not intentionally. I don't mean to do it. See? Now, in the Gospels tonight, for our closing night, and we are, by God's grace, just a little early, but I want to speak for just a moment to you, then I'm going to call the prayer line. I want to, as always, read his word. And now remember this, when I'm gone, Jesus will still be here. When I'm not at your church, Christ will be there just the same. And maybe even... Uh, if you get sick, you don't have to wait till somebody comes by one of these healing campaigns. That's just only to stimulate the faith in the church. Your God-saved pastor has the same authority that I or any other man does to pray for you. Your pastor, go to him. And if your pastor don't believe in praying for the sick, go to some real good Christian who does believe. And they have just as much authority as the pastor. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that they may be healed. James 5. For the affectional service prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So you just believe that. Have faith. God will heal you. And I'll be praying all the time that God will just stimulate the faith of all these godly men and will bless you all. Now in St. John. You say, Brother Brandon, you sure read a lot out of St. John. It's one of my favorites. John is a book of love. And I tell you, when you, when I see a person who loves God, I can sure trust him anywhere, anytime. You know, when I leave home, I don't set down a whole big bunch of rules that Mrs. Branham should do while I'm gone. I just kiss her goodbye and say, God bless you, honey. I don't say, don't have any other husband. Don't 
or do this or that. I know she doesn't anyhow because she loves me. She don't tell me, now don't you have dates with some other uh, girl and go out. She don't have to do that. She don't. I love her. I wouldn't do it anyhow. See? So that's it. We just love one another and trust one another. And if we have love for one another, then we have trust in one another. And if you love God, you're bound to have faith in God and have trust in God. Now, that's the reason I read so much of John. In the fifth chapter, and beginning with the 33rd verse, then I have another place over here in John I wish to read. Now he said, Ye sent unto John, and he bear witness of the truth. But I receive not testimony from man. But these things I say unto you that ye might be saved. He was a bright and shining light. And ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his life. But I have greater witness than that of John. For the work which the Father has given me to do, to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself which has sent me has borne witness of me. Jesus speaking. And in St. John 16, 27, For the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me. And have believed that I come from God. I come forth from the Father, and I am coming to the world again. I leave the world, and I go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now we are sure that thou knowest all things. And needest not that any man should ask thee, By this we believe that thou comest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? May the Lord add his blessing to his word. Jesus speaking said, I come from the Father. Now you went to John, he was a forceful speaker, preacher. And you were for a season, six months, glad to rejoice in that, in that light of John. But said, I don't have testimony of man. He said, but the very works that I do is a testimony from God that he sent me to do it. He said, now you believe him, and he loves you because you have loved me. And that's how God loves you when you love Jesus. And he said, they said, now you're speaking plainly and not a proverb. And now we believe that you know all things. You believe he still knows all things? All right. And by this, we believe that you come from God. And Jesus said, do you now believe? I trust that that will be the attitude of every person in here tonight. That you will now believe. Now, not because this is the closing of our meeting. And now, we leave for home right away after meeting. And I'll be home about a day and a half. Then I go to Chicago. And then I'll be there until Sunday. And then from there, I don't know just exactly where it's next. Perhaps overseas. Now, All these things that I have tried to introduce to you tonight and through these other nights 
has been that Jesus Christ that was in the days gone by is today. And the theme of my campaigns is this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's amazing. Someday, I, many people say, Brother Branham, I'd like to talk to you a few minutes. I sure would love to do that. And many people kind of get maybe a little put out with me because that I don't just come to the homes of the people and talk with them or meet them out. And some of them think that I just don't like people. But that's a mistake, friend. I love my brethren. God knows that. But I can't be a servant of man and a servant of God. See? I must be a servant of God in order to be the servant of man. So I must spend my time with Him. See? With God. Now, if you, I'd love to visit people. Many people come to visit me at home. Shake hands and go along. And home, you say, well, Brother Brennan, do these visions only happen when you're in the meeting? No, they happen all the time. They've been since I was a little baby. The first thing I can remember in life was a vision. And gifts and callings are without repentance. When I was only six, oh, not over five or six minutes old, my mother tells me that when the old midwife washed me as a little bitty five-pound baby and laid me on the arm of my mother when she opened up the, the old door for a window we had in the little cabin, and that light come in and hung there. When I was 18 months old, I remember the voice speaking to me and telling me that I was going to live near a city called New Albany, and I had. At the age of just a little bitty boy, I can remember him speaking to me and telling me about a bridge that was going to span the river, how many men would lose their life on that bridge. And they wrote it down to see what it all was about. They thought I was dreaming. I was out in the yard, just something come over me, and I sat down. I seen it. I went and told Mother. She said, you went to sleep, honey. I said, no, ma'am. I never went to sleep. I stood and watched it come up out of the bushes. And 22 years from that time, the municipal bridge spanned across the Ohio River, and the same 16 men lost their life on it, just like it said. It's always been that way. And Christian friends, to the depths of my soul, I say this for God's glory. I have never seen one time but what it was just as perfect, just exactly the way it said it would be. And many people come, you might think, well, Brother Bram, does uh, just the common class of people come? No. Molded millionaires, doctors, everybody comes. There's been some of the best doctors that this nation has that set my home and I've led them to Christ. The best of doctors. I have a little something on my mind. Maybe it wouldn't take me a few moments to give a testimony of what I think one of the best doctors in our country was a chum of mine by the name of Dr. Sam Adair. You ever around Jeffersonville? Look him up. Write him a letter. Find out what he thinks about this. He's a specialist and one of the best doctors that I know of in the nation. Not because he was a chum of mine, but he's absolutely, when it comes to a doctor, I just got plenty of confidence in him as a doctor. And here some time ago, when this first happened, he called me and said, Billy, look, but you know I love you like my brother, but I believe I've never seen anybody in this sincere that he's got it fixed. If he dies before I do, I'll have to preach his funeral. So he said, I want the last word said on me, but somebody was sincere. He said, I may not be saved. 
but I, I, I want sincerity for the last words over me. And I said, thank you, Doc, and I, I, if I ever have to have a doctor to set my arm or what more, you'll be the guy if I'm around you, because he's deeply and sincere in his work. And he came up to my house, the great crowd of people in there, in and out. So my wife comes, she said, Dr. Adair is out there at the door. So I said, well, put him over in the den room so I can get to him. He said, he wants to see you privately. He said, he closed up the office, and his office is just lined and packed all the time. He so I went into where he was, and after a bit, I said, what's the matter, doctor? He said, he with his head down. And he said, Billy, I, I come to you, buddy, for some help. He said, I've got to have help from Almighty God. He said, I come to you that that ask you to help me. I said, what is it, Dr. A. Dare? He said, well, Billy, said, do you think that this city needs a clinic? I said, every city needs a clinic, doctor. And he said, uh, do you think that I'd be worthy to have that clinic? I said, if there's anybody, I think you'd be. And uh, what I like about him, if he's examining you, he don't know what's the matter with you. He's man enough to tell you you don't know and go to somebody who does know. Not instead of feeding you full of medicines and everything like that, and just guessing at it. I like that. That's the main thing right here. In any case, you've got to find the cause before you can find the cure. Always. So, Dr. there. He said, well, I'll tell you what, now, as far as I know, he's got people right down in here, so they may be sitting right here, and you may write and tell Sam, if you do, call him up, and I'll pay for the phone call, if you want to. See, he's just a wonderful friend of mine, and uh, so he lives just across from me, and so he, we were sitting there, and he said, here's what it is. He said, I, I want to buy the old high school uh, grounds down there to put up a clinic. He said, you know my patients are poor people. Billy said, they come from out on Irish Hill out there and said, they come in here and they haven't got no money and said, they need an operation. Said, I'll operate on them anyhow and do all my surgery and stuff. If they got money to pay it, okay. If they haven't, okay. That's him. He said, that's the way I serve the Lord. I said, well, Sam, that won't save you, but that's good. I said, you've got to be born again, boy. I said, that's all there is to it. He said, well, God would never give me a birth, a little wicked fellow like me. And I said, yes, he will. If you just turn from your wickedness, he'll sure do it. And so I said, you're not wicked. You just got too much out front. <laughs> and I said, down at the bottom of you, you got a real man. But in front, you make a lot of a pretense. And got a lot of temper. He used to always had all the stomp before a few times and holler. But he gets over that. He's all right. So he... You have to know to take him, so how to take him. So he said, and he said, well, Billy, said, I've tried everywhere over the city to buy lots, and the only place that I can find is down there. He said, and some elderly woman in Louisville bought that place and said, you know what? Said she bought it a few weeks ago, and I offered her $600 for her bargain. You know she won't take it. Said, just to be contrary? Said, she's about... 70 years old and she isn't going to never use it. And said, why won't you sell it to me for a clinic? And said, I want you to pray to God and ask that he'll do something for us. I said, that's all right. And said, but said, now I tell you, I've got a proposition I want to put before you before you ask him. 
He said, I know some man that likes her real well. said, I could bribe him for about $150 and make her. So I said, don't talk to God then if you're going to start that bribe. And don't, you can't talk to him. No. I said, if you want to talk to him by bribing, you go do that. But if you're coming here, come with a clean heart and a pure mind. I said, because God will never answer you no other way. And he said, well, he said, you know what I mean, Billy. He said, I, I believe he could. I said, no, if you're going to let him do it, go ahead. He said, well, I don't know whether he'd do it or not. He said, and I need that lot. I said, well, Sam, just get that off your mind now. and Let's, let's have prayer and I'll see if the Lord tells me anything. He said, all right. We had the prayer, prayed quite a little while. The house was full of people, but in the room we had it to ourselves. And in prayer, I raised up, and I seen his plenty, what it was to be. I said, Doctor, there, forget about that place down there. He just told me, he said, if God will give me that clinic, I'll promise him now that I'll put a big sign up in front that if people are not able for their medicine and their operations and things, as long as I'm able to afford it, I'll never charge a four-person a penny for it. And I said, well, that's mighty nice. They need it. But I said, uh, that's just asking for the sake of the people. So then I seen the clinic. I said, Dr. Adair, your clinic will not be down there. Or thus saith the Holy Spirit. It'll set on the corner of Maple and Wall Street, back in those big trees that'll be made out of red brick with the cones coming down like He said, Billy, many, many things. And I've sent patients to you dying. That's right, and they're living yet today for the help of God. He said, But Billy, that can't be. He said, I just fought that same lot in court. He said, for the last two months. And said, they have to wait for 25 years, something in Boston is tied up, and said, they have to wait 25 years before it can ever be gotten. And I said, Dr. Dare, I don't know about any 25 years, but God has given you that place, and your clinic will be made out of red brick. And he said, well, Billy, I, I want to believe that. I said, well, just go ahead and believe it then, because it's going to be that way. And he said, well, it just can't, son. He said, I tell you, it just can't be that way. He said, because uh, it's all sealed in court. And I've even had court cases and smart lawyers on it. I said, but God is God. He's the one who has said so. And he said, well, I just don't see how I can do it. I said, well, just go ahead. So I went on into the room. And so after the next morning, real early, the phone was ringing early. And the lady answered the phone. She she said, Dr. Adair is on the phone speaking to you again, Brother Bram. I picked that phone. I said, yes. He said, Billy, he said, I'm freezing to death. I said, freezing to death? What's the matter? He said, you know, that lot last night they had a meeting in Boston, and I've already bought the lot this morning. <laughs> I said, I thought... One time, a long time ago, you said it was psychology. You said, Bill, I've always known that there was a real, true, and living God. That's right. And now today, it's been about, oh, close to a year ago, and today the Red Brick Clinic said, and he was going to build it out of concrete blocks, <laughs> but it's, and stucco it, but it's made out of red bricks, sitting right in the same place, a lovely big medical clinic with several doctors in there, are going on just for the glory of God. If you ever buy Jeffersonville, just ask for a medical center. Go in and ask Dr. Sam Adair and his staff if that's true. 
Ask him what he thinks about what the angel of the Lord in the Revelation and what it does. See? Ask him. And um, it just shows. Now, in that same time, there was something happened, just a little thing. There was a little girl, a woman, that went to a, a Methodist church down in New Albany, Indiana. And this little lady, well, her pastor was a very good friend of mine. His name is Brother Johnson. He's in the Army now, and a chaplain. He was in the Army, come out, and he had a lovely church there. We were both raised in Kentucky, and he belonged to the, went to the Methodist, and I belonged to the Baptist church. And we were always very good friends, but he lived several miles below me. And he said, Billy, if you just come down to my church, I won't ask you to pray for any sick person while you're home, because I like to rest a little bit when I'm home. And I almost had to be introduced to my family, that's the truth, so she, they, I'm never home long enough. I get home, and then when I'm there, we have never, we've been living in this one house for seven years, no, five years, I believe, and we have never eaten one meal in that house with the blinds up. People standing around, in and around the place like that. When you slip off in the room, you have to pull the blinds out because they're either knocking on the window or coming in. You know how it is, like that. Wake up all hours through the night and laying up and down the aisle and up the yard. And I've seen as many as 20 and 30 automobiles at one time. Hamlet cases and everything sitting in the drive, waiting. When I get home, day after tomorrow, they'll be there in the hotels, out in the motels, and everywhere, sitting around, waiting to be prayed for. You can't turn those people down. God bless their heart, they believe, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't be staying like that. And if something can be done to help them, what if that was my baby or somebody? And that's the reason when I'm home, I seldom get any rest. I get more rest right out like this, because they just protect you from the people, you see, and you get more rest. So Brother Johnson said, if you just come down and speak for me. Well, that night, the little Methodist church sees about 500 people. They were standing out on the streets, and they had public address outfits. And one man reached out the back window and took me by the hands and lifted me up, and that's how I got into the place, at the back, at the alley, to go into the place. And that night, after speaking, Brother Johnson came to me and said, Brother Branham, said, I want to tell you. He said, I told you I wouldn't ask you to pray for people. And just several accepted Christ, and all down along, we'd have them lay their hands up towards the windows and so forth. They wanted to accept Christ there in New Albany. And I said, now... That's all right. What is it, brother? He said, I got a Sunday school teacher here, and said she's an erotic, very lovely person, but said she's nervous as a sucker, and said she's been about eight years like that, and said she's a lovely person. Would you, if you go out towards the window and down them steps, would you just lay your hands on her? And I said, sure. So as I started out, went down towards the steps, and they had a little woman down at the bottom of the steps. I was expecting the way he explained it to see somebody in a straight jacket. But a lovely, nice-looking, clean little woman looked like standing there, about 30 years old, 32. And she said, uh, how do you do, Brother Branham? I said, are you the patient? She said, yes. I said, what's the matter, sister? She said, I don't know, Brother Branham. I laid hands over on her and asked God to heal her. She said she just couldn't, she just freed. She couldn't get away from the place there, and she's scared to death all the time. And she said, I've been going over to the psychiatrist and taking treatments over there, uh, mental treatments. She said... It costs $10 a time, and said, I go sometimes two times a week, and said, I've been going for years, and I get worse all the time. Now, I said, well, God bless you, my sister, and deliver you from that, in the name of Jesus Christ. I went on out, 
About three days after that, wife and I were in New Albany, and here that little lady was on the street with another woman. She was holding her hands like this, and I, and I said, Are you any better, sister? She started crying. She said, Brother Brennan, I'm even getting worse. Well, I'm a little place there called the White House, where ladies do their shopping. I, I stepped up in a little place there and asked prayer for her again. So then, here she come up in a couple days in the car, they brought her up, some women. And they had to hold her to keep her in the car to bring her up. She's just screaming. She's scared the world was going to burst with her. And she's afraid she's walking on top of the earth and it's going to sink. And, and all, all kinds, you know, how nervous people are. So I had prayer for her again. And she, uh, she said, Brother Bram, when you have a meeting close again, if I have to be put in a straitjacket, I want to come when that anointing is on you. So I can, said, I believe if you'd pray for me when the anointing was on, it would cast away that evil spirit from me. I said, are you a Christian? You're living above sin? She said, yes, Brother Brown. I'm a Sunday school teacher. And I said, well, I pray that God will grant it. And she got to kind of be a good friend with my wife. Calling her on the phone. She said, now, if the angel of the Lord ever comes to Brother Branham while he's at home, you call me, Sister Branham. Well, one morning getting up after a powerful vision, well, my wife said, she said, honey, is it still present? I said, yes. She said, let me call that little woman from New Albany, wouldn't you? I said, what little woman? She said, and she said, well, that little woman is so awful nervous that I feel so sorry for the little thing. She's got three children. And I said, well, call her. And so I went in, and just a few minutes, they brought her up. And I said, put her to herself over in the room. And then there's a man come in from the Walnut Street Baptist Church in Louisville with cancer on little liver, dying. It's been about three years ago. He's a, Still living, no trace of cancer, just as normal as he could be. And the doctor said his liver just dried up or got hard or something. I don't know what it was. Oh, he was just barely living. He's a great, strong, healthy man. Many of you people have followed from meeting to meeting, have seen him right in the meeting, heard him testify. And so then I was in dealing with him, and my wife comes and said, That little woman knew all me that got her out there in the other room. So I went into where she was, and I said, I want to see her by myself. So then, when the anointing is on, when you go to talking to a person, I watch, and, I, and when you go to talking to a person, that's when vision starts. You contact their spirit. Like Jesus talking to the woman at the well, they contacted her spirit. See? And then the vision takes place. And she sat down there, and I said, How are you feeling? She said, Brother Branham, I don't know. She said, I'm just about to go crazy. She said, I just don't know how I'm going to stand it any longer. And I said, Now, I want you to try to get quiet. And just look here to me just a moment and talk. She said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I I'm doing the best that I can, Brother Branham. Like that very lovely little person. And I, after talking to her a few moments, I seen a little black car going like that. The vision left me. I said, did you ever have a car accident? She said, no, sir. I never did have a car accident. I said, there's something strange. I seen a little one-seated black car running like that. And she said, no, I never did have a car accident. And then I went ahead and talked to her, here it come again. And the vision broke. And I seen it was a blonde-headed man. And she was riding fast in a car. And an automobile was going. And a train just barely missed them. And she started screaming. I could hear her, but I was still in the vision. And she fainted and fell in the floor. And here was the vision. She had gotten married just before... The war. And young girl and her husband went overseas. And when he went overseas, she started 
getting lonesome, and she started having company with a blonde-headed boy. And one night, being out, she broke her marriage vow and lived untrue to her husband. On the road in, the train almost struck him and killed him. And then when my wife heard her scream, and so she came into the room, we got her up. She began to scream, said, Oh, Brother Benham, don't you tell that to nobody. Don't you tell that to nobody. I said, There you are, sister. I said, Unconfessed sin. She said, Well, I had, she'd had all different people come, nor and all and pray for and stalk devils and kick devils and everything else. But he stayed right there. I said, and he'll stay right there as long as you got that unconfessing. She said, Brother Branham, I confess that to God. I said, it wasn't God you sinned against, it was your husband. You got to make that right. She said, oh, it broke up my home. I said, that's all I can say, lady. There is the cause. And until you make that right, you'll never get any better. That's way back. She said, I don't even think of that. I said, no, you don't. But your subconscious is thinking of that all the time. Now, I said, no psychiatrist could pull that out of you. Now, I said, you know that there's nobody in the world knows that but you and that man alone. I said, God's Holy Spirit has revealed to you and told you where your trouble is. Now, you go make that right with your husband, and then you'll get well. She said, I can't do it. It'd break up our home, Brother Ben. She started crying. She said, Sister Branham, don't you let him tell nobody that like that. Now, I said, now, my wife said, well, he don't tell things like that. Sister said, you know he wouldn't do that. And she said, oh, my husband, he would, he would leave me right now. I said, he'd break up my home. What would happen to my little children? And so forth. And I said, look, sister, first clear yourself with God. God will take care of the rest of it. So I, she said, well, I just can't do it, Brother Benham. I said, of course, now that's all I can do, sister. I've just done what God told me to do. There's your trouble. I said, they can anoint you all every five minutes of the day for the rest of your life. It'll never do you any good. I said, they might lay their hands on you, stomp and kick devils and say, get out of here, Satan. Well, you don't, you don't have to holler at him. He knows what faith is. He knows what, what your life is, so there's no need of you trying to bluff him. He'll stay right there and got a right to stay there. As, and he knows what his rights is, what he can do and what he can't. And she said, well, I just can't do it. I started to walk away. She started crying. I looked back, and standing by her side stood another man in a vision. I said, is your husband a kind of a tall man? Yes. He has black hair. Yes. Homes are over sideways, kind of wavy. Yes. I said, he's a deacon in that church. Yes. And I said, he's got the same rockness to confess to you. I said, when he landed in France, told about a girl with him, I said, then he's working. Doesn't he work for a Chevrolet company? He said, yes, he does. I said, there's a lady who works in there, black-headed, in the office. I said, he was in a green Chevrolet car, and he was out in a lane at a certain place with that woman. She's wearing a pink dress no more than day before yesterday. She's got the same things you confessed. Why, she said, not my husband. He's a deacon. I said, no wonder Brother Johnson can't get nowhere down there. I said, such is that in your church. That's the right. That's what's the whole optimality of a lot of churches, too. God will never bless over sin. And I said, you go get your... She said, my husband wouldn't... I said, all right, that's all I know now. I said, you go get your husband and make that thing right, and you all get your eyes straightened up, then God will be with you. Well, I went on in to see another person, and then when I come back, maybe she went in and called her husband on the phone, 
And the other ladies come and they went and met. The, my wife said, do you think he'll come back? I said, sure, he'll be back. So it hadn't been but a little while. My wife said, look, coming up the steps. Here they come with their arms around one another, just a crying, the tears running down their cheeks. Opened the door and I said, what about it? He said, Brother Branham said, my wife called me and got in the car and said, she come confessing to me that a wrong that she had did. And then said, she come and accused me of the same thing. And I said, where are you then? <laughs> and then, and then said, I, it's the truth, Brother Branham, said, I don't know yet. I've heard of you. My brother Johnson said, I've never seen you, but I want to shake your hand and say it's the absolutely truth, and I'm guilty and no good to be called a father of my children or a deacon in that church, and as soon as I get brother Johnson, I'll resign from my job. I said, don't do that. Just get right with God and continue with your job. I said, no need to do that. He said, oh, God would forgive me. I said, sure he forgive you. Now, you confess to your wife and ask her to forgive you. You all forgive one another? Yes. I said, now sit down. <laughs> Now's the time. Then when I went down, he said, Heavenly Father, this demon has tormented this girl for all these years. Has no legal right to hold her now. The cause has done been found and made right. Now come out of her in the name of Jesus Christ. And she's perfectly normal and well from that time on. See? See? What is it? It goes slow, but we get the cause. See what I mean? Vision. That's the reason some of you send me letters and say, Brother Roberts will pray for 500 while I'm praying for two. God. Brother Roberts is praying for people the way God told him to do it. I'm doing the way God told me to do it. So it's just slow, but I, I want to know what I'm doing. And before I condemn a satanic spirit and so forth, I want to know first whether that's in God's legal plan. It is. God, as Brother Bosworth says, Jesus died for everyone. That's right. Then if you're living in above that reproach and doing right, then Satan has to turn loose of you. But if there's anything back behind there, maybe something that you ought to have done. Maybe you're living clean and pure. But God told you something to do and you neglected to do it. God holds that right on you until you go back and make that thing right again. Whether there's something you should have done or should not have done. Do you see what I mean? Now, but friends, with sincerity and working for the kingdom of God, yet I labor under the name of a psychologist or a fortune teller or a devil or something. But I'm only happy. I'm only glad that I can represent Jesus Christ. And he knows my heart. And he knows that I'm no psychologist or fortune teller. I'm a Christian, your brother, trying my best for the kingdom of God by the power of God to help his poor, sick, suffering children. And I pray to God with all my heart, soul, and mind tonight that you'll be one that he'll help. Can we bow our heads just a moment? Heavenly Father, it's so sweet to come to you in the name of thy Son. And I, I bless tonight, as your servant, these people. You said, whatever you bind on the earth, I'll bind it in heaven. 
Remit all their sins tonight, Lord. I pray that you'll do it. Grant, Lord, that there will not be one person who's present now that will be lost in the great final day. May every one of them be saved. God bless the churches of this city, their pastors, their people. I pray that you'll do it, Lord. Maybe some of them don't agree just with your great power, but yet they're your children. Satan may have them blinded, but yet you love them, you're bearing with them. I pray that you'll just bless them and may the day come when this little seed that's been planted down here in this city, I've come, Heavenly Father, feeling that I've come doing what you told me to do. And I've declared your son's name among the people. And I'm thankful that your son has vindicated your servant that I have told the truth. And now the people are without excuses. And I pray, God, that you will bless everyone. And now tonight as I stand here before this lovely little audience, God bless them. And I pray that you'll bless all the people that had anything to do in this meeting. Bless this order here, this Legion Hall, or the American Legion. God, give every one of them the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this promoter of these uh, fighting, wrestling that's here, the one who helped us to get the building, God bless that man. We have a feeling in our heart that's deep and loyal for him. Bless these dear men and women in these restaurants where we've been eating and speaking and testifying of the kingdom of God to them. The service station people and the stores everywhere. Now give glory out of service. We commit all to you that you are blessed tonight and may this be the the greatest of all the nights. This is the time when the pressure's on, when the anticipation, and when the people must believe now. Now is the time, and I pray that you'll get glory, for we commit all to you, giving you alone all the praise and the glory. In Jesus Christ's name we ask it. Amen. I'm going to ask you tonight to give me full cooperation to be seated and be quiet and be reverent and to look this way, believe with all your heart, and act just and do just exactly what he says do. I'm, I'm awfully tired. This is about six weeks straight, just about as long as it ever went since the great break that time. And I was off the field for eight months. And I'm here ministering because it's godly love in my heart for you. That's exactly right. And I'm doing the best that I know how under the circumstance. And God be with you. 
And now, after a bit, of course, the anointing gets on me. I become in something like subconscious. It's a dimension. Let me explain it one more time. If you go into another world, you're not in this world. You're in another world. And yet you know you're here. And yet you're somewhere else. Put yourself in that place one time tonight. Just put yourself there one time tonight. Like you sat there and went to sleep and dreamed something that was really real. And here it was right with you. Why, well, I'd cure you to death. And now time after time, remember where it takes you to. Now, how many people in here ever dreamed a dream? Let's see your hand. Well, at least 80 or 90 percent of you. Or some of you, it's right. Some people never dream a dream. Now, what are you doing when you're dreaming? The doctors tell us in science, it's your subconscious. Is that right? Well, now, a man that dreams a dream, say, here's his normal conscience, here's his subconscious. Now, the people that doesn't dream a dream, his subconscious is way back there. He never gets to it. He sleeps sound. A dreamer doesn't sleep sound. And God does deal in dreams. Do you believe that? He said, well, he dealt with King Nebuchadnezzar, with Joseph. And it's not too accurate unless you have an interpreter. But um, he said in the last days, your young man would see visions and your old man would dream dreams. Is that right? He promised that. But now that has to have an interpreter of dreams. But now, if that man can't help because he doesn't dream, this man doesn't help because he dreams. Now, what if I tell you people to dream, dream, dream me a dream now? Well, you couldn't do it if you had to. Dream, neither can that one help because he doesn't dream. But now, a seer, or a prophet, his subconscious is not back there, neither here, it's right here. He doesn't go to sleep, he's standing wide awake and sees it. Now, he can't help because he does that. God made him like that. No more than you can help because you dream a dream or you that can't dream a dream. It's all in the province of God. Don't you believe that? See? So, you can imagine now, you go in, you stand here wide awake, see something that happened 40 years ago, and you're back there with that person speaking, yet knowing that you're standing on the platform and four or five hundred people is listening to you. See? That's, that's how it is. And then when you come out of that, you feel weak. You, you just don't know. And after a while, here's another one, another one, another one. That's why you get to just weary. You, you're trying to hold yourself up and you're standing there. And then the first thing you know, you look, stand out over the people. Here's that milling light. Now, you people that's got that picture, I want you to go down to the 10 cent store and get a little frame and put it in it. I had one of the most marvelous things. Now, I'm not, see, it's not mine. That belongs to the Douglas Studios. Not that I don't, well, God forbid that I would commercialize, oh my, never. God knows that. But here's a woman who's in the hospital, and she had that picture sitting there, a doctor would give her up. It was, I forget what was wrong with it, it was very serious, Hodgson's disease, I believe it was. And they had her, there's no cure for that but medicine. And they had her in a hospital, a young girl, and she was sitting there knowing that she had a few days to live and places break out and the first one hits the heart and kills. The little girl was a friend of my son's, went to school, and the doctor said, it's over. They took a piece out of her throat here to test it and said, Hodgson's disease, that settles it. Said the first one breaks her heart and it's breaking near there now, we'll be done. 
And she was looking at that picture, not my picture, the picture of the angel of the Lord, the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel through the wilderness. The same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, isn't he? And she was looking at that, and she said, Oh, God, have mercy on me. And she was laying there in that distress of praying, and she said that that picture seemed like that fire began to mill in the picture. Now, I don't know. I wasn't there, and I'm just taking the girl's word. And said that the fire began to mill in the picture, come out and hung over where she was, and the second day the doctor couldn't find a thing wrong with her at all. She's back in school. Fixed to get married to a soldier boy now, see. So that keeps that. Look, believe Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, if there is a critic sitting there, now, or an unbeliever, I will not be responsible for that person from here on. See, out. For be it known unto you that unclean spirits goes out of people, they go from one to another. How many knows that? The Bible teaches it. Now, how many's been in my meetings and seen it happen where the epilepsy leave one and just draw a whole congregation up? I got, that's true. Do you see that? How many's been in my meetings and see those things happen when unclean spirits go from one to another? The Bible said the mouth of Tuesday witness that every word be established. It'll do it. You remember in the Bible times it happened. It happens now. So God bless you. What was that? B? Prayer card B. I've been calling how many? Fifteen. Let's try a few more in that tonight. Well, let's, the uh, prayer card B has just been given out. And let's try to line up a whole group of them. See how many we can get. Okay. How many? How much room have we got? Four to fifteen run about long down in there. Let's try B one. Who's got B prayer card B one? Raise your hand. Prayer card B one. You lady. B two. Who's got two? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let them line up. Prayer card B one to B ten. Look at the lady here in the wheelchair. Check her card. Did you have a card there? You don't have one. All right? B1 to B10. Now we'll get some. See where they, how they line up. Now the thing of it is, if you don't, we'll give you a little card, sister, on the piano, if you will. God bless you. All right? Now B10 uh, to B15. Oh, yes, sir, that way. B10 to 15. B-15 to B-20. B-20 to B-25. Let's see how many that makes for a few moments. That'd be 1 to 25. Let's see how that looks. Now, every one of these got a prayer card, or see somebody sitting near you who has a prayer card, I want you to look at them. They might be deaf. Or look at these wheelchair cases and see if, if uh, any of those, there's two or three wheelchairs sitting here, see if they have a, a, a card that's called in that number. All right. All right, as they line them up, let's sing once more, only believe. Will you, everybody, 
You know, I love that song. When you're singing that song, think of me. You know, if I go before Jesus comes, they've got it fixed when they're putting my body in the ground, my friends are going to sing, Only Believe. It's called me to the platform around the world now. That marvelous song, Paul Raiders, all together now, sing it to the glory of God now. Only somebody who can't get up. If you got prayer card B6 and can't get up, just raise your hand. Who has prayer card B6? Now look, it may be somebody deaf and dumb, can't even speak or hear, has that prayer card. We don't know where they'd be. They just shuffle them up and hand them out to the people as they want them. So prayer card B6, is it in the building? Hold up your hand. Now look over on the, uh, somebody sitting next to you, check their card. It might be somebody, your friend, or somebody sitting next to you who has it. All right. Now, I guess I called too many at one time. <laughs> I usually want to, when it's anointing, and I don't think of calling anyone else when it's now, how many who does not have a prayer card, and yet you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, is sure to heal you, and you want him to make you well tonight, raise your hand. All over the building, anywhere, no matter who you are, Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, God bless you. Thank you. Now, look, I have constantly testified of Jesus Christ. Is that right? Anybody knows that. That I am, I have nothing at all. I don't even have an education. I have no personality. I have nothing that I can offer to a congregation. The only thing that I have is I know Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. And by sovereign grace, he gave me a gift to work for him with. And I'm doing all I can to help you lovely Christians here and also sinners to accept him and believe him for your salvation and healing. Now, if I testify of God and I'm telling the truth, now I want you to give me your attention for a few minutes. Any man can come by here and say anything he wants to. That's been the trouble now. Come by and say anything. Oh, God does this, he this, he told me this, and he gave me this, that. Now, the man, I'd take his word for it. If he told me, I'd take his word until it was proved different. Now, if a man says anything, that's just his word. But if God turns around and testifies that that's the truth, then you shouldn't disbelieve God. You should believe God. Is that right? Believe God. Now, I have testified of Jesus Christ. 
of his resurrection. And he said, the things that I do, shall you do also, and I'll be with you to the end of the world. Is that right? And he said, the very things that he did, now what did he do? He never healed people. He didn't claim to. He said, I can do nothing in myself but what I see the Father doing. Is that right? And what the Father told him to do, that is showed him to do, that's what he done. See? Just exactly what God... Then St. John 5.24. I want you to listen closely. Jesus and St. John passed through the pool of Bethesda. Is that right? How many Bible readers know that's right? And there lay great multitude of important people, lame, halt, blind, withered. Is that right? Waiting for the moving of the water. Or an angel come down and trouble the water, the first one having faith and stepping in, got healed. And Jesus was God. And he came right through that great multitude of people, to that poor paralyzed man standing there crying, blind. Somebody help me in the pool. Full of compassion, moved right by him. The woman with the waterhead baby, the twisted, the blind, the lame, the halt. And he went right through every one of them and never said one thing to any of them. Went over there to a man laying on a pallet that had prostate trouble or something like that. Or it had it 38 years. It wasn't going to kill him. And he said, well, thou be made whole. Now watch. The scripture said, Jesus knew that he had been here. See, it was a vision. And he made him whole, walked on away and left that multitude of crippled people. Is that right? How many says that's the scripture? Say amen. That's the scripture. Exactly. Well, now, don't you know the critics that day said, why didn't he heal this one? Why don't he heal that one? Why don't he heal that one? The same thing we get right back every day. Heal this and I believe it. No, you wouldn't. You'd believe without seeing it. If you was a believer, whether healed or not doesn't make sense. If I prayed for a thousand people tonight and all thousand died tomorrow morning, tomorrow night I'd be preaching divine healing because God's Word said so. It ain't based on whether this or that. God said so. That settles it. Now, but notice, when the Jews begin to question him, well, listen to what he said now. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself. St. John 5, 19. But what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Is that right? For the Father shows the Son what he doeth. The Father worketh, I worketh hitherto. Is that scripture? All right. That's what the Bible says. Now, if Jesus is the same yesterday and forever, here's such a little lady sitting here in a wheelchair. Well, sure, I'd like to go down and heal that girl. Wish I could. I can't do it. I couldn't. But just let him tell me what to tell her and watch what happens. See? Watch what happens. If I say that woman's crippled, anybody knows that. But what's the matter with this woman here? It looks sound and well. See? No mystery to me. Say, that girl's crippled. Sure, he's still sitting there, crippled up. Certainly she is. That's not a mystery. But what about this woman here, or that one, or that man, or this one, or that one, or this one, or over there, or somebody that isn't crippled? What about them? There's a mystery. There's the thing that God's trying to get to you. See, to show. Now, no more than it would be the little lady. I could tell her to talk to her a few minutes. I know what was wrong. She couldn't hide her eyes. But the healer, of course, I couldn't. When Simon came to Jesus and Jesus said, Why, Jesus never seen him or heard of him. He said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, of Jonas, but you shall be called Cephas, which is interpretation of stone. Is that right? He knew him, knew who he was, 
in our audience, the people begin to reason about something. He turned around and said, why are you reasoning about that for? Now, he seen the woman at the well. He talked to her a little while. He said, go get me a drink. Carry a conversation. She said, now, customary, if you Jews ask us to marry, said, if you know who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. And she said, well, well, see, you have nothing to draw it. He said, go get your husband. Went right straight to her trouble. She said, I have no husband. Said, that's right. She got five. She said, well, I perceive that you're a prophet. And away she went in the city and said, come see a man who told me everything i ever done. Is that right? Well, now, Jesus is the same yesterday and forever. His spirit has rose from the... He has bodily risen from the dead. And his spirit is with us, declaring himself in our flesh. God manifested in our flesh. Won't Jesus Christ produce the same thing? If he's the same yesterday and forever, he will come to you. Did the other person ever show? I hate to skip one by like that. Prayer card 6, prayer card 16, and 22. 6, 16, and 22. All the years, if you all raise your hand, you can't be ministered to or brought up, we'll see that you get here. Anywhere, inside or out. 6, 16, or 22. All right. God bless you now. Be real reverent. And I'll try. This is our last night. And now I really get desperate. Reach to God. Say, God, give it to me tonight. This is the time. I must have it tonight or die. I must have it tonight or perish. And I challenge every one of you, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who I take your spirit now by his name into my control by the Holy Ghost, Putting every spirit here subject to me. Through Jesus Christ's name as his servant. That I might glorify the Son of God while he'll, I testify of him, may he testify of me. All right, ladies. I just take this so that I won't get mixed up in it. Now, please be reverent. Now, this lady here, as far as I know, that woman, I've never seen her in my life. She's a total stranger. I've never seen her in all my life and know nothing of her. Now, is that true, lady? Perfectly stranger. Well, if there's anything, she's a little older than I, if there's anything about her life, that I should know that God wants me to know, He, by His Holy Spirit, can reveal that to me right here. And if He does that, we're already here in this building, knowing that this woman, that both of us here, under as far as we'll be by God, knowing who's standing at the platform, we've never met before in our life. But... If God has raised his son from the dead and by a divine gift sees visions and by his grace will let things be known, will all of you say, I believe then for myself? How many share for the first time? Let's see your hand. Your first time. 
God bless you. Now, to you newcomers, if Jesus is the same yesterday and forever, living in mankind, as he said, I'll be with you, the world will never see me no more. But you'll see me, for I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Now, of course, I'll have to talk to the woman just a moment until the anointing gets started. And now, brother, you pray tonight. Now, sister, I just want to talk to you just, just a few moments. And God knows us both. And I, I don't know you and you don't know me. We're just a man and woman met here. But I perceive that you are a believer. You are a Christian. Because immediately as soon as our inside part, spiritual part, contact, you're a Christian. Welcome. You believe me, too. Yes, you are. That's beyond a shadow doubt. You do believe me. Now, but now God will have to do the rest. You'll have to do that, of course. Philip, Jesus just told him you as a, a believer. And he recognized him as the Son of God right away. But you're aware that something's going on. But that, that's not, that's the Holy Spirit. You see the picture then? That's just exactly what that feeling is. It's on you now. It's the, it's the angel of the Lord. You're, you're, I see you, honey, going from room to room in a house. It's a, it's a nervous condition you have. You're extremely nervous. And you're, you're facing an operation. And that operation is for a, a disorder inwardly, which is a female gland. Isn't that true? Uh, just a moment. I heard a name. Your, your husband, is his first name Lewis or something? Somebody said Lewis. I, is that right? And I see your house number. It's 631 and a 45th Street. And it's right here in Palm Beach. Is that right? And you're going to be well, and Jesus Christ makes you whole. God bless you. Your faith saves you, ladies. Are you a believer? Just be reverent. Have faith. All right, ladies. I suppose you and I are perfect strangers. I, I do not know you. Never seen you in my life. God knows that. If I did, I didn't know you if I'd seen you. You don't have a fair card, do you, lady? You got asthma, haven't you? Isn't that right? I've seen a vision saying there's somebody coughing. It didn't look like this woman, it looked like an elderly woman. I turn, you don't have a fair card? Stand up to your feet and accept your healing. Jesus Christ, take your asthma away from you now. You can go home and get well now. God bless you. The vision was contrary, see. What it was, the angel of the Lord moved here and I've seen an elderly woman just uh, coughing real hard and trying to come over a light or something other. And it wasn't you. I knew it was. You see, your spirit all around me now, see. And everything has to move in. Uh, I see a, 
you, uh, it's something on your arm, it's, so it's, a, it's a doctor, it's a high blood, that's what it is, it's high blood pressure, just uh, uh, high blood, and, and uh, Bob, you, uh, you just come out of bed too, you come out of bed to come here, is that right? And there's something other that keeps moving back, back, way back. It's a hospital, or it's a, 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 it's been a long ago, you had some kind of a gallbladder or some kind of an operation in there, yeah. and it's still bothering you, isn't that right? Yes, yes. You believe that you're healed now? Well, I don't know. I hope. I just had trouble with my stomach. Hope, sisters, can't do it. If you're standing this close to God, not me, God, I said, I said, you, you, you believe now that you're healed? Look, I'm telling you yes. that he's, that's right, that's what he's accepted. Now drop down on you. Amen. Go on. God be with you and give you peace. Get well now. God bless you. Have faith. Believe with all your heart. God will bring it to pass if you... Now don't, don't move just a minute. How did you, sir? I suppose you and I are strangers, are we, sir? We don't know each other, but God knows us both. Uh, you're nervous, real nervous, and then you've got something wrong in the, it's a gallbladder trouble, in, in the gallbladder. Then you have some kind of real severe headache, to, I see a holy, no, you, you had a hurt, an accident of some sort, looked like a crate or something struck me on the side of the head a long time ago. Is that right? Something happened to you then, didn't it? You were healed. God bless you. Your faith makes you well, brother. You've been worried, you haven't. You've been thinking that that turn to cancer, but it doesn't. God bless you. Go and be in God's peace. Be upon you. How do you do, sister? Do you believe with all your heart? You believe that he's sure to make you well? Ladies, God be with you. You're extremely nervous. And that nervous has come because of a loved one. And it's a boy. And you've got a message of some sort of grief. Oh, it's missing in action. That's what it was. Is that right? Don't worry about that. Don't have a good courage and don't take no for an answer. God be with you. Have faith. Believe with all your heart now. Are you believing? like this, somebody, the woman, oh yes, she, there she said, it's a, you got a kidney, and the kidney's on the left side, uh, 
It's uh, bothering you. Isn't that right? A kidney trouble. Just believe with all your heart. God bless you. Go home and be made well. Thanks be to God. Do you believe, sir? You believe with all your heart? You must believe. You have cancer. The cancer's inside the mouth. Isn't that right? But doctors don't know what to do about that. And then you've got a sick wife. Your wife is suffering from a nervous trouble. She also has an asthmatic condition and she's a diabetic. Is that right? But the doctor just told her, come here. Now we'll bless you and your wife in the name of Jesus Christ for your healing. Almighty God, may thy spirit move now and heal this man and his loved one. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask this. Amen. God bless you. Go in. God be with you, my brother. Have faith in God. You have gallbladder trouble, don't you, lady, sitting out at the end? Lady there has kidney stones sitting out there also. Isn't that right? You was both healed right then because you're sitting around that lady. Here are your kidney stones as left. Right? God be with you. That's it. If you just believe, you would like to get over that arthritis lady sitting right there. The, would you like to get over it? You were sitting there praying about it. You were praying that God would have me to speak to you. Is that right? That's just exactly what you asked for. Now you've got what you asked for. Go and be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You have a hernia sitting right back there, don't you, ladies? You will think God would heal you? A lady right behind you with high blood pressure. You believe God will make you well, lady? All right, stand up and accept your healing. Go home now and get well. In the name of Jesus Christ. Have faith in God. You believe, lady? You do? But you're trying to believe for somebody else, aren't you? Isn't that right? And that lady doesn't live here. But she lives in St. Petersburg. Is that right? And she's got a, had cancer on the breast. The doctor's taken one of the breast off. She's suffering terribly. Isn't that right? Let's offer prayer for her as I hold your hand. Almighty God, you who are across this nation, across this world, out to the universe, Pray that your power will come upon the woman and may she be healed and delivered in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Not only her, but your trouble is left also. Now you go on your road and be happy. Say, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You believe, sir? Yes, sir. I believe that.
course, you have arthritis, for one thing. Is that right? Yes, sir. yes, sir, you do. Another thing, you have an asthmatic condition. Yes, sir. Is that right? Yes, sir. You got a boy that's got asthma, too, hasn't he? Yes, mm-hmm. You're praying about his soul. He's not close enough to God. Isn't yes, that right? You got a grandson also that's got asthma. Is that right? That's yes, right. All right. Go lay your hands on them, too, and they get well also. God be with you. You believe when I spoke arthritis, God heals you too? Yeah, I say, I just go, that's the way it is. We're off the path once saying, thank you, Lord Jesus. Have faith. You believe, sister? Have heart trouble. Not only that, you have a tumor, female trouble. You believe that God's going to make you well? God bless you. Go and God's feet be upon you and make you well. Let's say thanks be to God. I see blood dripping right in here. It looks white. It's dripping up and down blood. It's in the, coming from an elderly woman. She's sitting right there, right next to that soldier. She's anemia. Isn't that right, lady? You're anemia. You want to go with faith with me to Calvary for a blood transfusion to get over it? You believe that he'll give it to you? Almighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ, may she be healed. Little soldier brothers, you've been awful faithful around here, getting people drinks and things like that. Your eyes and your ears and what's been bothering you, your nervous condition, you're going to get over that. Don't fear. Go and God's peace upon you. Amen. Would you like to go eat your supper? Get over that stomach trouble? That ulcerated stomach? You bring me to be God's prophet? In the name of Jesus Christ, go eat your supper. Be well. Come. You believe me, sister, is God's servant? You believe that what I would say would be the truth? If I know what's wrong with you, I certainly know the cure. Is that right? Jesus Christ is your cure in female trouble or just trouble. Is that right? Now go and accept the cure and be well. In Jesus' name. Come, ladies. Do you believe me to be God's prophet? Surely if I know what was wrong, God would let me know what's wrong. you let me know the cure. Jesus is the cure in kidney trouble or your trouble. Is that right? Go and accept the cure and be made well. In the name of Jesus Christ. you believe, sir? With all your heart, you also had kidney trouble, and you've got asthmatic conditions. Is that right? Go and accept your healing and be made well in the name of Jesus Christ. Have faith. God bless you, ladies. You have one chance to live, and that chance is Jesus Christ. For there's not a medicine in the world can heal your heart trouble, but God can. You accept it? In the name of Jesus Christ, go and be made well. Hallelujah. Don't think I'm excited. I know just exactly what I'm doing. Now I know just exactly who's in this building now. I know it's the Son of God who raised from the dead. All these demons couldn't frighten nothing now. Everyone I'm under control. I'll challenge you to believe him. All right. Come, ladies. That's a lovely little thing you have on you there. You're suffering with a nervous trouble. It caused you a lot of trouble. Isn't that right? It's blessed you now. Go and be made well in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have faith in God. You want to go that chest trouble sitting right there, ladies? You believe God healed you? A while ago when you were praying there and you got to weeping, didn't you? There's a real funny feeling come over you. Wasn't that right? That's when you were healed. I know you were healed. I want to be sure of it. God bless you now. You're going to get well. 
Let's say thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What do you think back up in the aisles, back up in this way? Somebody get to believe him. While the Holy Spirit is here, while he's moving with his great omnipotent power. Believe. Come. Having trouble. You believe God feels you this nervousness? That nervousness which caused you to think you had heart trouble. It was nervousness that done it. It's gone from you now. In the name of Jesus Christ, go and live and serve God with all your heart. Let's say thanks be to God. You're a mighty young woman to have arthritis. But you believe God healed you? He has. In the name of Jesus Christ, you'll always get what you ask for. You want to go with that female trouble? Just believe God with all your heart and you can be made well. Something happening to come back this way. Poor Christians, how long, how long? Why are you weary? What upsets you? What bothers you? Nothing can harm you. God be for you. Who can be against sin? What do you think about a young lady? Kind of don't scare you. He's right by you now. You got a gland trouble, haven't you? Is that right? You believe he's going to heal you? Isn't that your mother sitting there by you? You believe me to be his prophet, sister? You believe he's going to heal your daughter? You have a lot of domestic trouble too, don't you? You set Jesus as your mediator? You believe he's going to make you come out of that all right? You know I know what it is, so I just don't say it before the public. Lay your hand over on your girl there. God be merciful, I pray. You'll grant these things through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. Is this your patience? Come. Only thing you have to do is believe. Have faith. Believe God with all your heart. God will grant it. I can make you believe how the Holy Spirit's crying down in my heart right now. I, I know you're, it just seems like something's telling me you're not getting it right, friends. Oh, believe God. Please do. I beg of you to believe Him. How He's pouring out Himself to you, just emptying Himself and emptying Himself, and you sit and look. Don't look. Please have faith. Just because I was passing those people through the line, just tell them one thing, I'm, my strength goes from me. I did talk to them. As long as I believe they got faith enough to be healed, why not? He was reasoning that in your mind up there. I don't do no good. I just let them pass it. You, the longer you talk to anyone, more happens. What's the use of talking to the people? If they're here to believe, they'll either believe or not believe. 
So I can't make them believe. If one person comes to this platform and God revealed himself as his resurrected son, every person in here ought to on the grounds of that believe right then. One thing like that can happen in Africa, India, or some other country, and every person in there will rise and go out of old. Every sinner will come to Christ weeping. Right? Excuse me, sir. I don't mean to be rude. I, my heart's filling me, see. You believe me to be his servant? I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. But you believe that. Have a hernia. Isn't that right? Aren't you some kind of a painter or something you do painting? And you're not from this country. You're from up north. But you come down here in the wintertime in the south to paint. You're reared by a minister. Your father is a minister. If I'm not mistaken, boy, look at us, must have been a Methodist preacher. Isn't that right? Looks like there's a black streak. Something bad has been in your life. Or, yes, you've been kind of mixed up. Something has been wrong. Cold feeling, a dark streak. Something about spiritualists or something about a medium or something on that line. Isn't that right? And then I see something dark happen. Yes. Oh, it was a... Uh, a blue waves are moving, or, or it was a boy or something. Did you lose somebody, a son in the Navy? Is that right? You believe me to be his prophet? No. Almighty God, I bless this man in the name of Jesus Christ. And whatever his needs is, supply them and make every evil to leave him. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Go and may God's peace be with you. Have faith in God. What you praying about, lady? Say your sick. Say your head down, asking God. You're thinking about, oh, it's a, it's a little girl, a little child. It's your daughter, isn't it? She's got something wrong with her ears. It's, a, it's some kind of a growth in the child's ear. Isn't that right? Yes, a fungus. It's a fungus growth in the ear. Now wait, here comes the street. Here's that's a child right here. Is that right? And that's your daughter? She has a fungus growth in the ear. She's a nervous little child. Is that right? Always upset and everything like that. Quiet her down, it's going to leave her. Hallelujah! Come. You'll never go blind. You'll have your sight and be well. You believe? God bless you. I bless you in Jesus' name to receive it. Let's say thanks be to God. Come, mister. You believe with all your heart? You believe that back trouble's done left you? It has. God bless you. Let's say thanks be to God. What more could our Lord Jesus do? Oh, my. I realize, friends, I can't stand here much longer. All things becoming like one great big ball of light. I can't tell where or what, but with this anticipation, with this faith believing, have faith in God. Accept it. Now, 
If you believe, then act on, on your faith. Act on your faith and God will bring it to pass. Don't you believe that? Oh, if I could just get you to break through. If you just come to that little spot there, you'd everyone be healed before I even call another person. You do it, friends. How can you doubt? When God is standing here, when, when God is not your brother, I'm the man. But your Savior is here. A man, no one can go out of here and say, if you did, you're a perfect infidel. You don't believe in God. How can you and Jesus Christ said this would take place in the life days and here it is right here taking place? What more would you want? How do you do, ladies? You believe me? You don't have to get out of the chair. Look at me and believe it's his prophet. Is this your life patient in the line? Believe now. Don't doubt it. Just about 80% of this audience has got your trouble. You're nervous, upset. Things causing yours the time of life. It's the menopause. Isn't that right? You have real weary feelings. Everything goes wrong. You think sometimes you've lost your mind. That's the devil telling you that. It's a lie. You're going to get well. Because of your attitude towards God's gift, you've come reverent. How many people here are suffering with nervousness? Raise your hand. Come on, be honest. Every one of you can be made well right now. Just as easy as this one woman can, every one of the rest of you can. That's exactly right. Every one of you can be made whole, just like this woman will be made whole. Now around her is a dark cloud. Seems to be about this square when I look at her. It's coming in going... That's a demon. And as soon as hot, I know it. You can feel it pulling from out there. What is it? Everyone out there is screaming for help. And then I feel the faith of you believers moving in that it can be done. It can be done. And faith is crying, help, help. And the faith is saying, it can be done. It can be done. And that's the way I tell those things. These are a gift of God. Well, sure, any of you just break loose your thoughts, God Almighty will heal every one of you. Do you believe it? Come here, lady. I've never seen you in my life, but that's the truth. Isn't that right? You get real nervous the time you drop something on the floor the other day. I see you go back to pick it up. Is that right? See, just as long as you look at you, just keep showing vision. What's use of showing vision when Christ is here? Don't prove these words to the people. Isn't that right? I'm going. Do you believe that God gave me the authority to take it away from you? All right, come here and believe Almighty God, who gives Jesus Christ as a ransom? This poor woman here has got to go through these shadows and standing here with her heart all pounded up, Lord. But thou can heal her and everyone in here. And now, Satan, you've done evil. I command that in Jesus Christ's name that you come out of the woman. Depart from her, Satan. Now raise your hand. Say, praise the Lord. You're healed. Yes, well, she's healed you. Go right ahead. That's exactly right. And the rest of you are healed. 